What's up? And thank you for listening to episode number two of the New York Sports Beat podcast. I am Rich Piazza. Find me on Twitter at Rich P Fantasy. And you can find the show account at Sports Beat NY. We talked about the Giants in episode one and what they've done so far in the offseason and free agency. And now it's time to talk about the Jets and their offseason so far. So the Jets, for once in a long time, have actually gotten a lot of attention since the end of last season. And it started with the signing of Rabba Salah as the new head coach, which I absolutely Loved. Once I did my research and I learned about him and his style and what he brings and what players say about him and his energy, he was my number one target for the Jets in their head coach search. So I am very, very happy that they were able to get that done. And those that know me, no, the day that he left the building without a contract, I was furious. And I, I was I just, you know, threw my arms up in the air and I was I was almost done with this franchise. It worked out because they ended up getting him anyway the very next day. So anyway, they've been in the news and they've been talked about in a in a positive light in a sense, uh, this offseason. It started with that. Then it continued with being in the uh, Deshaun Watson talks. That's a whole other story for another day. But at first, it was Jets are on his list. Now we hear differently. Now he's in the news for a whole bunch of other reasons. But again, like I said, a story for another day. And then it's, what are they going to do with Sam Darnold? Which we will absolutely be getting into in future episodes and going into uh, the draft. But entering free agency, the Jets, with as much cap space as pretty much anyone other than the Jaguars, and the Jets having the number two pick, a lot of people have said that the Jets actually control this draft coming up. Now, this isn't a draft episode, so I don't want to get too far ahead. But I'm just going through all these things that the Jets have been talked about, and it hasn't really been negative. So that's odd as a Jeff fan. And if you're a Jeff fan, you know that it's usually the other way around. So we were expecting a lot, though, in free agency. We were. Having as much cap space as you have with the chance to have more based on certain moves that you might make, we were expecting a lot. And now this is a team that has many, many, many holes. So it's kind of hard to pick and choose you can't, you can't spend big bucks on everybody. You're not going to get every free agent. And social media and Jets media is, is, is pretty funny about that because they expect everyone that's available to be a Jet. And I'm guilty of it as, as well at times. Where a certain guy becomes available, he needs to be a Jet. Jets need to go after that. But let's go and look at... And Joe Douglas, the general manager, has said the Jets are going to be aggressive and go after the top guys on the market. And that's what we as fans were expecting. And we were expecting it because he said it. So his definition of aggressive isn't the same probably as most of ours. And let me be real clear here. I'm not saying I don't like what they've done so far, because I do. And I, nor you, or anybody else that isn't inside 
those Florham Park walls really know who they did or didn't go after. We just don't know. So let's go through what they did. Let's start with the good. And I, like I said, I like what they've done. Corey Davis, is he a number one receiver? I don't know. I don't know. Could he be? Yes, I think he could be. He has not been that so far throughout his career. He just hasn't. In fact, when you look at where he was drafted, and some say he was it was a reach by the Titans at that uh, pick number five overall, but when you look at where he was drafted and and what he's done, how he's how he's performed, then you could say no, he's not a number one. But I think the talent is there. The talent's there. He's got the prototypical size. He's got the speed. He had a nice rebound season last year. Of course, the contract year. I said the same thing when I mentioned Leonard Williams in the Giants episode. Just always a little bit interesting when these players don't really perform well, and all of a sudden they're due for a contract, and boom, there it is. You know, you have your career year. So I was a fan of Corey Davis coming out. I liked him, and I've always liked him. And I I wish that he was actually performing better throughout his career than he has. But going back to, is he number one receiver? I think that remains to be seen. And maybe not a true number one, but if you pair him with other number twos, I think it's a good balance. So I do like the fit. And right now he's joining Mims, who I think, and I'm expecting he will take a step up in year two. Right now he's joining Crowder. We'll see if he's on the roster to start the season. But based on what they've done so far, I like the move. In fact, I predicted Corey Davis to the New York Jets on a free agent episode on my other show, which is Fantasy Shed on air. Go check that out as well. Now, I mentioned Keelan Cole. And a lot of Jeff fans reacted negatively to this signing. And it could be because it was announced shortly after it was reported that the team had been talking to Juju Smith-Schuster. Or they really don't know much about him. Or both. But Cole, he's, he's undervalued. He is. He's a he's a good receiver. And I mean last year he played in all he's played in all 16 games since being drafted. All 16. Every year of his career. He hasn't missed a game. Knock on wood. And he saw 88 targets last year. He scored five touchdowns, and that's on a team that had worse quarterback play than even the Jets. He's not tiny, he's 6'1. And look at it this way. Cole replaces Perriman. All right, so last year, they didn't re-sign Robbie Anderson. We know how that went. And they brought in Perriman, they brought in Mims. And we know how, how the season unfolded. So in a sense, Perriman was your number one, which is gross, right? So Cole basically now replaces Perriman. And now you also added Corey Davis. While still having Mims, while still having Crowder. So this is, and first of all, we need to just relax, okay? We need to relax because this is a, it's a great signing for a number four receiver, which is what he will be. 
And it will still be a good signing if he's the number three. If they let go of, of Crowder and save eleven million dollars, and Cole is your is your three, it's still a good signing. I like it better if it's the four, but still a good signing. Now, compared to Juju, because that's what people were comparing, right? Because it was coming out that the Jets are, have been contacting or have been negotiating with Juju. That was false. But when you see that Juju had had gotten a contract for $8 million, and you see that Cole, his contract is about five, of course, most would rather have Juju. But Juju wasn't interested. The Jets weren't even mentioned in the top teams that he was starting between. All right? So maybe they contacted him. Maybe they were having discussions. But ultimately, Juju didn't want to come here. It's that simple. He was deciding between the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Eagles, and then ultimately going back to Pittsburgh. And he chose the less of all of them. That offer reportedly that he got from Pittsburgh was less than all the other offers that he got. Now, if I was Juju, I would have chose the Chiefs 100%. Oh, well, that's on him. But that's why people are reacting negatively to the Keelan Cole signing. It's a good signing. It's a good signing. Now let's go on the defensive end. LaMarcus Joyner. I love this signing. And I love the signing because they're saying that they signed him as a safety, which is awesome, all right, considering that he had a 90-plus grade in that role last season but for some reason the Raiders insisted he play nickel corner where he didn't want to play and he struggled all the time why they would have moved him back to safety I have no idea but that's the Raiders that's not the Jets they signed him as a safety more depth for Marcus May Ashton Davis if he's going to be ready to to take on that next step who knows You have Joyner now. It's a one-year deal. Can't complain. Low money. Nicely done by Joe Douglas there. Now the big one, right? The big one, one of our first signings, I believe. Carl Lawson, just 25 years old. He'll be 26 when the season starts. Finally, a pass rusher that fans can get excited about. Not a washed-up guy at the back end of his career, who we hope has one more year left. This is a guy, like I said, 25, 26 years old. And he was the number 14 overall graded edge and number eight in the pass rush department. And I hear it on Twitter. I hear it on social media. He only had five and a half sacks last season. He never had more than eight, which is his rookie season. There is more to being an edge than just sacks. And a lot of people just look at the score, you know, look at the the stats, right? They go to ESPN, they look at the stats and say, five and a half sacks, that's our edge rusher. Go beyond that. Look at pressures. He had 65, which is ranked fourth in the NFL this year, behind only Shaq Barrett, TJ Watt. And Emmanuel Ogba. Look at hits. Where he had 25. 
which is ranked second behind only TJ Watt. How about hurries? 34, top 15 in the league. So those are the stats. He might not actually get the sacks, which sacks are great, yes. But the other things also impact games. Pressures, hits, they impact games. So I am going to, it was worth it, worth the signing, and I am going to love watching him play alongside Quentin Williams in this Rob Salah defense. I cannot wait. And this was a signing that I think had to happen. Defensive back, Justin Hardy. Listen, I'd be lying if I told you I knew a lot about him from his days in New Orleans. I don't. What I do know is he's a top eight eight graded special teamer who gets after the return. He also gives some depth at cornerback, but don't expect him to have any impact there. This is a special team signing. And Saints fans were not happy to see him go. And they're the ones watching him every single week. Social media, Saints fans were not happy to see this guy go. And I'm going to take their word for it. Then you have linebacker uh, Gerard Davis. One year, seven million. Now, listen, I didn't. This was, I think, probably their first signing, if I'm not mistaken. And I remember I didn't care. I didn't care so much for the price tag. I thought that seven million was a little bit of a of a stretch. And this is a guy who, who he didn't even play much last season. He played under 30 percent of the snaps in Detroit. But he wasn't a great fit there. And according to according to everybody else, he is best suited for this type of defensive scheme that he's going to be in now, which is why he was a target of the Jets. He can give you a couple sacks here and there as well. But if you hear from people, the insiders, which I am not, but if you hear from insiders, he had a lot of suitors early on, right when free agency opened. So a lot of people... A lot of teams were probably looking at him, thinking maybe they can get him at a bargain because of the fact he didn't play much last season and like what he could bring in their system potentially, which is what the Jets saw. And they brought him in. I like the player. I thought $7 million was a little bit high, but I guess you have to pay up if you really want to get somebody. Offensive lineman Dan Feeney. Whatever you do, please do not look at his picture. Just stepped anyway, nothing to get upset about, nothing to get excited about. He's just a depth offensive lineman. Now the bad. Joe Thune, Corey Lindsey, Matt Feeler, Kevin Zeitler, David Andrews, Rodney Hudson, Marcus Cannon, Matt Skura, Gabe Jackson. Who are they? These are all offensive linemen that I would have liked to see the Jets go after. And I understand that the salaries that Thune and Lindsey got were a little bit outrageous. But why not? And this is where I mentioned before how how anyone that's available is going to be a Jet. I mean, or should be a Jet. Or they need to go or spend whatever. And I thought that heading into free agency with Joe Thune and and or Lindsey. I figured they would get or should get at least one of them, and they didn't. And then you get a guy like Rodney Hudson, one of the top centers in the league. He becomes available through trade. In fact, the Raiders were going to release him and then realized, oh, you know what, maybe I could trade him, which they did. So I don't understand why not trade one of your third-round picks, you have two of them, for one of the best centers in the league, in Hudson. 
So that kind of bothered me. They were last in the league in pass blocking, this team. But they also did give Sam Darnold average time to throw when you look at on the average time to throw stat. And, and here's the thing with their O-line. They had guys that were either okay in pass blocking or okay in run blocking. Never in both. Never in both. Makai Becton was the only one with decent grades in both. So when I look at somebody like Rodney Hudson who excels at both categories, again, one of the top centers in the league, is available and you don't go after him, I see that's the kind of thing I don't understand. I don't understand how, how their biggest weakness, or you can argue the biggest weakness, was the offensive line. You know, they did have, have many weaknesses, but I think offensive line is one of the biggest. How do you not address that with some of the top guys in free agency? Are they hoping to get maybe former Chiefs tackles Eric Fisher and or Mitchell Schwartz at a discounted price? Assuming Schwartz doesn't retire. What about Trey Turner, the former Charger? The terrible last season. He was good in 2019 and very good just two seasons ago. Alejandro Villanueva, the former Steeler. He's currently available. You have to address this line. You just do. You're not taking, please, you're not taking an offensive lineman at number two. And we'll talk more about this in future episodes as the draft approaches, that's for sure. You're not taking Sewell at two. You're just not. I, I don't care if you're sticking with Darnold. I mean, I do care, but just for argument's sake, you're not taking Sewell at two. He's a left tackle. He's never played right tackle. So you're going to draft him and expect either him, who's considered a generational, as I put air quotes up, a generational talent, you're going to expect him or Makai Becton to go over to right tackle. Neither will be happy. You know why? Because when they're both available for, for contracts, they want to both be paid as left tackles. You can't have that. Maybe you go and you draft an lineman. I mean, I think your interior is what's really hurting the most right now. Okay? The guard position. More so than the tackle position. You may be able to get a tackle at 23. You're not taking a guard at 23 in the draft. But I'm not talking about the draft right now, so I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. There's still plenty of time in free agency. Okay, more plays can be released. More plays can be traded. Of course, we still have the draft to come. But overall, I really like what they've done. I think they've made smart moves, smart decisions. They are filling up holes. Um, there is talk of... Former Falcon safety, Keanu uh, Neal, signing with the Jets and playing linebacker. That is something that's being floated out there, which would be a huge, huge move. And I'm looking at my Twitter feed now. I don't see that announced or happen yet. What I do see is Marcus May, who accepted his franchise tag, has tweeted about showing his highlights and Neal's highlights. He sent a link of their highlights, and does that mean that Neil's made a decision? Who knows? I mean, that would be fantastic, right? So, well, unless maybe he's doing he's doing some recruiting. But that's going to do it for this episode as we spoke about New York Jets free agency. New York Giants was episode one. We will obviously talk more about both teams over the next few weeks as free agency continues, as the draft 
approaches. We have MLB opening day in the next couple of weeks as well. We have the Nets who are just unstoppable and you have the Knicks who are exciting to watch. So we will have a lot to talk about. I hope you tune in. If you listen to this, thank you. And please tune into future episodes and subscribe so you know when they come out. We will talk soon. Keanu Neal has since signed a one-year $5 million contract with the Dallas Cowboys. He will not be a New York Jet.